I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My good friend Tom Jones has written a column, uh, part of his newsletter actually, on pointer.org. That is a must read if you're an NFL fan, if you're a Taylor Swift fan, or maybe you're just a fan of one or the other or neither. Uh, very insightful column about the dynamic uh, that is uh, the NFL. Kansas City Chiefs, of course, headed to the Super Bowl to play the San Francisco 49ers. So much out there uh, about this Super Bowl already and about uh, the dynamic that is the greatest pop singer uh, and uh, songstress right now in the world and uh, certainly has the receipts to prove that. So we're going to get into all of that and some opinions on it uh, and what she has done for the NFL in their ratings, which is just incredible. That's coming up. In just a second, I wanted to start with the Bucks news. Uh, they are into their interviewing process for a new offensive coordinator to replace Dave Canales, who, of course, is now the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. He has taken one of the Bucks' assistants, wide receivers coach Brad Idzik, uh, who followed him in here from Seattle. He is the son of John Idzik, the former Bucks assistant GM and the GM of the New York Jets. Grew up here uh, in Palm Harbor, but now headed out to Carolina to be their offensive coordinator, although my understanding is that Canales will retain uh, the play-calling duties. But um, So the Bucks obviously in the market for an offensive coordinator, and I think this is smart. Like, so they, you know, they, they, they shot their shot, and they, they tried to get you know, some, some big-name guys and you know, the Ken Dorseys and, and guys like this, but uh, weren't able to do so, and yet... Um, here's a couple of guys that have a connection with Baker Mayfield, and that is not, I think, an accident, okay? Alex Van Pelt, former Cleveland Browns offensive coordinator, was in town, and that was on Monday. He interviewed with the Bucks in person, uh, which is another step. You know, usually very often there's a sort of a virtual call, and then they set it up, but they brought him in right away on Monday, Um Mayfield was was there with him in 2020 and 2021 when he was the offensive coordinator, I think, and quarterbacks coach. He had a career high 95.9 passer rating that year in 2020, um, threw for over 3,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, only eight interceptions, and then the Browns uh, went on to beat the Steelers in the playoffs, 48-37, in a wild card game where he passed for 300 or 263 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Van Pelt, by the way, you might recognize that name. He coached here. He started really his coaching career in the NFL. One of his first stops was in Tampa Bay. He was Raheem Morris's quarterbacks coach for a couple of seasons, um, going back to 2010 and 2011. Uh, so he was part of that staff. Uh, very interesting, I, I think, uh, candidate. Um, as I mentioned, they couldn't get Ken Dorsey. Um, uh, but uh, here's a guy that had a lot of quarterbacks last year. Three or four actually ended up with Joe Flacco, of course, and we remember the success he had. Um, but this is somebody that certainly Baker Mayfield knows, Baker Mayfield has had success with. Um, there might not be a great carryover in terms of offensive schemes and systems you know, for all the players, but certainly uh, Mayfield would have that. And then uh, 
Um, let's see. They also are going to talk, a plan to talk with uh, Gerard Johnson, who's the Lions receivers coach, Antoine Randoel, who was a uh, a guy that coached here. Uh, he's a Lions receivers coach. I'm sorry, uh, Jared Johnson. Jared Johnson is the Texas quarterbacks coach, and he had C.J. Stroud and all the success with them. Plan to interview him, Randoel. I mentioned, and then also for, former Eagles offensive coordinator Brian Johnson, who was at the University of Florida at one point with Kyle Trask. So that's another connection there. And then the connection to Baker Mayfield, one more, uh, which is a really interesting uh, interview, I think. Rams passing game specialist Jake Peets. And Jake uh, has been around this league. He was in college at LSU. Uh, and I think it, I don't know if he went to A&M or not with Jimbo, but uh, he is coming from Sean McVay's offense, which had some carryover to Seattle. Um, and he had, you know, he had Baker Mayfield there for about five weeks and Baker Mayfield of course came in and in a couple of days, won that game against the Raiders. I think it was on a Thursday night, um, kind of rediscovered his love for football while he was out there, but they really liked him and liked working with him. And so Jake is somebody that, uh, I think will do very well in the interview and, and we'll get a good look as well. So Brian Johnson, um, was the one that was Florida's offensive coordinator that had Trask that I mentioned. So, yeah, a number of uh, candidates, and I think, you know, there's no timetable on this thing, and people have asked, and of course, in-house, you know, you have you have Thad Lewis that they will, I would imagine, would interview as well, and Thad's got some um, requests to talk to the Bills and the Raiders, but I, I, I'm always interested in when people go, what are they doing? What's taking so long? Look, these other teams are hiring coordinators. Why are they? Why are the Bucks dragging their feet? Listen, first of all, Canales has only been gone since like last Thursday. Okay, it hadn't been a week. And then the other thing is, is that a lot of these coaches, when they get head coaching jobs to these new staffs, or even a current staff has an opening, it's about relationships, man. Like some of these guys have promised to these coaches, you know. And I can remember. Of course, the Bucks have had so many head coaching searches that I would talk to candidates, and they go, "Yeah, I'm going to give you, you know, here, here's already, who's here are the guys that have have agreed to come with me." That's like, wait a minute, they don't have jobs, and you don't have the job, but you already know who you're. Yeah, they've they've committed to me, and that's sort of what happens, right? This is the relationships who you coach with, et cetera, uh, and some of these guys are spoken for as much as anything. It's kind of why Dave Canales, quite frankly, is a head coach because Dan Morgan, who was in Seattle for eight years, is now the general manager and the president of football ops. So he went and got his buddy to be head coach. That's how it's done. And so the idea that, well, they're dragging their feet. Well, you, you know, you may not, obviously you didn't have a very good chance at getting these guys anyway. That's why they didn't take the interview because they were promised to somebody else or they had their own reasons Maybe they think the situation in Philadelphia, for example, is better than Tampa. You know, um, I think Todd Bowles is in a far better position than he was a year ago, but you're only a losing streak away, right? Um, so that's all part of it. And they still don't have Baker Mayfield under contract, although I think that, you know, both sides want that to happen, and it probably will. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what's been going on with the Bucks. I don't know how quickly the timetable is. When they find their guy, when Todd Bowles is comfortable, he didn't know Dave Canales. It took him a while to get comfortable with him. Um, he does know what he wants to do. And again, I think 
not that it's because I've talked to Baker's uh, representatives and they said, look, he's had so many offensive systems that he's learned and so many coaches. He's completely adaptable. It's not an issue. Now, would you prefer to have somebody in a system that you had before? No question, because now you're taking that and you're moving forward, but um, not a requirement by far, but just a smart thing to do if you're the Bucks. All right, we'll get to Tom Jones in just a minute. I want to give a shout-out uh, to – this is kind of self-serving, but he's really one of our our best listeners, and so I'm going to do this. Uh, he's the freshman Senate sponsor at Steinbrenner High School, Mr. Lingerfeld, who is a – him and his wife say that we are – Steve, we are required listening every day for them. So we should be for yeah. the whole school. I mean, really. I, I just play it on the morning announcements. If I were them, I don't know. That's your morning show. That's all you need. There you go. There you go. Just play it. You know, put the micro, put the speaker down, and put the mic down, and play our podcast. You should all do that. But uh, uh, thanks for listening over there, Mister Lingerfeld. We appreciate it and all that you do uh, for the freshman senate uh, class as well. Uh, for the past 14 years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar have been installing solar energy systems in Florida. They provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods, and service while helping homeowners cut energy costs with environmentally friendly investment. May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors. They've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Well, now May Electric Solar offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means that your roof, electrical, and equipment replacement is all covered. Solar Insure also survives May Electric Solar, and it's owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. Now, this policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. This is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of the program. May Electric Solar's reputation and their history of workmanship has earned them this membership. To learn more, about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, special treat, my friend Tom Jones of Pointer.org. Tommy, you hit him right between the eyes, man. Where I live uh, with a couple of uh, teenage girls, one that's 12, one that's 14, and all of America is talking about not just the Super Bowl that's coming up between the Chiefs and the 49ers, but the real um, story, which is Get Ready America, right off your headline, Taylor Swift is headed to the Super Bowl. And oh my, oh my, CBS is thrilled about this. But there's a lot of layers to this, Tommy, and, and I think you hit on a lot of great points. First of all, what is it like? So you you know, you know cover the media, you, 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 you follow these things, not, not just in sports but politics, all of that. What has this been like watching – the reaction throughout the NFL season to the Taylor and Kelsey phenomenon. So it goes one of two ways. One, of course, like like a lot of people, they love it. They they see it for what it is, which is the biggest sports entertainment, maybe the biggest entertainment entity in the country, the National Football League, and maybe at the moment, at least temper for the for the moment, the most popular singer-songwriter on the planet, one of the biggest celebrities on the planet, they joined forces. This is like a superhero movie, man. (laughs) Them joining forces to take over the earth. Most people love it, but then you got a bunch of people who are upset about it. I got an email. uh, We're taping this late Monday night. Right. I get an email this morning after I wrote my newsletter, and all it said was, uh, geez, like G E E E Z Z Z Z. Geez, ug. 
And I wrote the person back, and it's somebody that I think writes me now and then, yeah. and they're usually pretty normal. And I said, <laughs> I don't know what G's UG means. Right, right. And they wrote back, uh, it means no more Taylor Swift. I've had enough. And so I wrote back, why? Tell me, be serious. You have an audience. Why. Tell me why. I haven't heard back from them. Mm-hmm. I can only assume there are kids on this guy's lawn that he has to <laughs> yell at to get off, or there's a cloud in the sky that's not moving fast <laughs> enough for him. I don't understand why people are bothered by this. And the great thing about it is the New York Times um, did something really smart. They actually went back over the, all the games that Taylor Swift has shown up that the Chiefs have played in, and then looked at the broadcast and figured out how long she is on camera for. Now, yesterday, or on Sunday, when she was obviously there after the game a lot. and, and a post, a lot. There was a post-game. Post game, yeah. yeah. Well, they, mm-hmm. What are you missing post-game? You're right. not missing anything. So um, I think they figured out that she's on camera for an average of less than 25 seconds a game out of three hours. And – a lot of those times, she's not even mentioned. They just show a photo. It's not even or show her on on camera. No one even actually comments. I think Jason Kelsey got more of a run a week or two ago the, oh, yeah, in the did. Buffalo game. So mm-hmm. I just think this is the greatest thing ever. And Rick, you can attest to it. I don't have teenage girls. You have one's a teenager, right? And the other one's about one's to be twelve. A yeah, she's essentially one's going on twenty, and the other Do one's they, they're, and I assume they're Swifties, right? Absolutely. Now, are they paying attention to the NFL because of Taylor Swift? Uh, more more than more way than they more, do because oh, they're even Yes, yeah. way more, especially the 14-year-old. So um, just, yeah, a little history. So my, my 14-year-old, Natasha, um, she knows what her dad does for a living, and, and the games are always on when I'm not working. I'm, you know, very often watching Monday night or Thursday night or whatever's going on. And and she she's – smart enough to know she you know she gets it she gets the nfl but she won't sit and watch an entire game if the chiefs are on different deal buddy right if it's 25 seconds it doesn't matter she not only knows travis kelsey and i thought you made this point and i thought it was a good one because i am a dad and we're in a sports family and so i you know we we do talk a lot about that and it's the way that we communicate and we you know kind of connect right through sports and uh, my wife's her father was the same way uh, with my wife so they have that connection but this is different this is something really different because I was aware of Taylor Swift you know what I mean growing up um, while she was I mean she's been in the music business since forever right Um, she's got 10 albums all that and I guess I went to a concert in at Raymond James my wife took Natasha to one in Detroit but even like fail, superseding that, um, it just the amount of conversations we've had uh, about football, about life, and yes, about love. Like this is a. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm a sap. I'm. I, I love love. I'm. I said it. I love love. And I don't know where these two crazy kids are going to go with this. And if they if it crashes, I've said this and I've said it on this podcast. She's known to break up with gentlemen or they break up with her and then there's a song or an album that comes out and i've already named this next one travesty if it happens okay <laughs> um that's just the way it's gonna go travesty you and me and casey well whatever so here's the thing um i don't this may have to go the distance right but it is fascinating to me that that a music icon and and a, and a now a, a billionaire um she has 
had an impact on global economies, Tom. Yes. Um, you know, and, and that's why her next tour is in Japan and then she's had a bunch in Canada and South America because I think part of our comeback might be responsible as uh, for Taylor Swift's tour, but it has been uh, something to watch. And, and I think, you know, it's just, she's not on camera. She doesn't, she doesn't take away from the game. I'm not thinking about Taylor Swift, but it allows for the conversations to occur and it's just more connectivity. And that's what the NFL has benefited from is that a lesion of otherwise not NFL fans and maybe not necessarily sports fans. I think I saw a story somewhere where they said that the uh, marketing impact was over $330 million uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs and, and to the NFL. I will the, the thing that the thing that bothers me is when people get upset. They're like, "Oh, they sure I don't want to see her on camera." Okay, what are you going to see if we don't show if Taylor Swift's not at the game between the plays? They're showing between the plays. So it's not like you're missing game action. No. So what you're missing is a crowd shot. You're missing Andy Reid looking at a clipboard trying to figure out what his next play is. Yeah. You're yeah. looking at somebody sitting on the going into the uh tent the tent or whatever. the injury tent yeah. yeah okay which you could argue okay maybe that's actually relevant they don't they don't interrupt that sort of thing for taylor swift but what you're not missing the game you're not missing anything the other part that really gets me rick is that this idea of and this is the die and i'm speaking now to the diehard football fan who feels like this is a distraction. This I'm bugged by this. I don't want to see Taylor Swift in my NFL. Who put you in charge of the game is just for you? Like, where's this? All of a sudden, you're in charge of who gets into your club and who doesn't get into your club. This is a chance to bring in more fans, even if it's temporary, even if it's only for one team a week, whatever. If somebody else is getting enjoyment out of this, and it's not taken away from I don't understand how it's taken away from your enjoyment. We're not missing game action. I I just don't understand this idea that I'm in charge of what should be on a football game, and I've decided that Taylor Swift shouldn't be on there. And this is the other big thing, Rick, that really gets to me. And the people who feel this way, I think, have no idea. And I think you get it because you have uh, females as children. The connection that Taylor Swift has to females particularly to young females, this idea of empowerment, this idea of the, they have a voice, yes. this idea that they mean something, yes. that, that, they, that they are worth something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think people understand, people who are, who, are, who are dump on this, they don't get the power, the connectivity she has with young women. And to, to somehow, like, let's try to snuff that out is gross, in my opinion. It's misogynistic. It's sexist. Get over yourselves. And I and it, you can still enjoy the game. Just ignore the 25 seconds she's on screen. I'm glad you said that because here's the thing, right? It, it's There's almost this, like, we would rather see the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, right? Right. And what all that that entails, okay? The shorts, the whole deal. Then we want to see somebody who's in a relationship with one of the main players. And again, to your point in the New York times, 25 seconds in a three hour broadcast. I don't care if it's somebody. Yeah. Right. And I don't care if it's two minutes. I can't can't get enough. I now want more. I know. And here's the thing. She's in the box with Brittany Mahomes. So it's not like they're not going to show that box. Anyway, mama Kelsey is there. 
You don't think when Philadelphia played Kansas City, they weren't going to have a camera on that box, whether Taylor Swift was there or not? Of course they right. were. Right? So they have those shots all the times of of families, of, you know, uh, you know, various people that are, are in and around those athletes. And that's that's just the, the, the world that they live in. Very often you'll have celebrity couples that include a football player. Um, and it was no different going back in the day when Joe and Jennifer Montana were together. She was a model, chic sheriff, you know, all that stuff. So this is not, this is not necessarily new, but it's just, I, I think you're right. I, I think if you really drill down into what Taylor Swift, why is she so popular? Why uh, do so many women connect? It's because of the empowerment message, right? That, that she is giving young women. And it's a positive one. If it wasn't, believe me, those albums and those songs wouldn't be on my radio all the time. But if you listen to them, you know, um, and you listen to her speak and some of the speeches she's given at, at you know, commencements and things like that, um, it's all good. And I don't know. I think Travis Kelsey, look, all I know is this. When she shows up, he plays better. <laughs> he played out of his mind on I mean, his, Sunday. That game was unbelievable. He I mean, threw at, the ball to him 11 times. He caught, 11, he caught all 11 of them. Yeah, and I mean, hard catches, that touchdown yeah. catch was ridiculous. And the thing is, he's all Mahomes has. Like, Mahomes doesn't have any out. Tyreek Hill is not there, right? He's not coming through that door. Their receivers are not good, right? Uh, Valdez Scaling from from local player, uh, you know, like they're not, they've dropped balls. They're not good. And yet this dude who is having a phenomenal season, maybe towards the end of his career, his brother is retiring most likely. Um, you know, he's, he's got, a, a you know, fallen in love with the biggest star in music globally. Well, and I, just name States. another person, Rick, and and I I don't think I can name another. The NFL by far is the most popular. Thing Not even close on TV. to anything, right? So the most I and I wrote about this in Monday's newsletter. The most watched U.S. based broadcast in history was 115 million last year's Super Bowl, Kansas City versus Philadelphia. There's more than likely this year's game will surpass that because of one person. Because of Taylor Swift. They're probably going to get an extra, my guess is two or three million. Because look, the Super Bowl, 115 million people are watching. Clearly, there are a lot of people who are going to watch this game. We, say say even, uh, say Baltimore had been in it. And say they had beaten Kansas City on Sunday. A lot of people who don't, don't typically watch football, watch the Super Bowl. You get together for parties. No question. It's, it's, it's a holiday. Be, it's a yeah, national it's a, it's holiday. A national yeah. It's become a cultural event. It's, our, it's the most, uh, it's the biggest gathering event for our country and it's one of the few things we can in this polarizing time yes in our country everybody Mm -hmm. agrees we love football or we love the super bowl and yet with all these people who still get together and watch the game like i know my like my wife is a casual football she'll watch she watched a little bit of the games on sunday but i know people and i don't mean to pick it's just women or whatever but there are um, the number of women who watch the Super Bowl is greater than obviously the number of women who watch the regular season. Now add an even different level with young women who are going to watch this game because of Taylor Swift. She will add, I think, two or three to five million people extra who will watch this game. And you're talking about the NFL, like it can't get any bigger, right? Oh, yes, it can. You throw in the biggest pop star in the world. Well, you had, uh, you know, you're talking about 
the TV ratings and the 27 million viewers for the Sunday game, um, the biggest game since last year's Super Bowl. So teen girls jumped 53%. Yeah. Teen girls. And then yeah. ratings among women 18 to 24 was up 24%. And viewership of women over the age of 35 was at 34%. So the cross-section Just on goes, her games. Just the games that she Taylor yeah. Swift went to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that... I don't need to tell you, the NFL knows what they have here, and I'm sure they're thrilled that Kansas City made it. Now, there's the conspiracy. I love the conspiracy <laughs> theorists. It's rigged. The NFL wanted the Chiefs. You know, why did they get the conning call, but then Kelsey didn't get one? You know, yeah. Uh, okay. All I know is this is that I watch these guys for six and seven months, and they, they pound their bodies, and they, and they lift weights, and they run in the heat, and they put on pads, and they, they sacrifice limb, literally. If you think that the NFL can stop these guys from trying to fulfill a lifelong dream of going to a Super Bowl, I don't want to get in the way of that truck, okay? Exactly. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to say, hey, here's the script. You guys got to follow it. I mean, this is ridiculous. I, I hear a lot of conspiracy theories these days in the world, right? And you do too. Um, but, like, maybe some things are rigged. Wrestling, for example. What? To break it. I know. I know. It could be. I just have my theory. <laughs> but but you go beyond that, you know, look, the man man did land on the moon, okay? That wasn't just a desert in Arizona. I mean, that really happened. I, I saw that movie Buzz. Capricorn 1. I don't know, man. It looked pretty good. Well, I, listen, I talked to remember, Buzz Do you Aldrin. remember that movie, by the way? Capricorn 1? I do. I do. came out in the 70s. I had James, you know, so you know, there was a football connection to that movie. James Brolin was one of the. James one of the guys. JB. So the, the in case no one has ever seen this movie, and which I imagine if if you're under probably the age if you're 50, under the age of fifty, bucket. yeah. So what happened was they they were uh, they they had this moon. They were supposed to go to the United States. Was supposed to go to the moon, and there was a uh, there was a problem with the rocket, but they didn't want to admit to the American public. So they sent these guys uh, out to the desert, and then they had to basically kill them. And say that they crashed on their way back to Earth, and that was going to be the story. But the guys escape, and one of them is James Roy. You know who one of the astronauts was? No, O.J. Simpson. Really? Yeah. Wow. The juice. Did did the gloves fit? No. Pre I mean, uh, <laughs> pre yeah pre pre problems. Yeah. But it was uh. O.J. Simpson have been was in a lot playing. of a lot of movies. I yeah, think. he was. Towering yeah. Inferno comes uh, to mind, I believe. The Naked Gun. He was Naked Gun. Yeah. Was, yeah. That's right. We'll Hamburg, have to do right? yeah. our favorite OJ movies here uh, for five hundred, Alex. But yeah, maybe not. But no, maybe not. Um, but no, that uh, yeah. So, but these conspiracy I, theories. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, people I don't, don't believe, believe this, any do they? of them. They huh? don't. Believe, people don't believe that. No, that, they do. I'm the Chiefs. That the Chiefs got in because Walt Taylor. Yes, and you know what? And so my uh, and and who knows what the origin of this is, right? But my my uh, my daughter after the game is getting texts from people that that was rigged. They just wanted Taylor Swift. Like it's like, come on, man. Did they want her? Yes. Are they thrilled? <laughs> Absolutely. Did they could they control whether or not Baltimore could complete five passes in the first half, including one to himself, Lamar Jackson? No. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I didn't want to do this, but I'm going to because I think it's necessary. Um, and I know you, you were very good, closer to me, uh, closer than I was even to Martin Fenley, our good oh, friend yeah. at the uh, uh, Tampa Tribune, Tampa Bay Times, longtime columnist. Um, I saw some of the things you wrote, and um, I thought they were poignant. People don't realize, like, or maybe they do or don't care, I don't know, um, that, you know, when you do what we do, uh, whether it's, you know, for a, a you know, you're, you're with people from a different newspaper or even one that we competed with all the time, uh, and then and then Martin joined us. But, like, you spend more time with colleagues very often during football seasons or sports seasons, which is pretty much year-round, if you're a columnist uh, especially, then sometimes you do your own family. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's just the business, right? We spend a lot of time on the road together. Yes. Uh, and you certainly did with Martin, and so you got to know him much clo- more closely than I did. But if you're not aware, Martin Fenley, a uh, longtime columnist, a terrific wordsmith. He made me laugh all the time, not just his columns, but uh, especially away from <laughs> from writing. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I'll remember about him is that the dude was one of the funniest guys I can ever, uh, have ever encountered, but just your, your kind of thoughts on, on losing him age 65, yeah. um, died of a heart attack Friday. I knew, I knew I first met Martin back when I was with the Tampa Tribune and he came on at the Tampa Tribune and then obviously all the years that I came back to the times and he was still at the Tribune. We covered a lot, just like you covered a lot of events uh, together. Yeah. And then he came over to the times and, and was a columnist, um, the last several years of his career. And we traveled again together, and we, I, I, I can remember columns that he wrote, but that's not what I remember about Martin. I remember, you know, I think of this about you too, Rick. Like, like I can remember stories we worked on together. I can remember, you know, stories mm-hmm. that you wrote or were working on in press boxes. But that's not what I remember when I think of you working with you. I remember us going to, like, Green Bay, you know, in a bar in Green Bay a night before a game, and <laughs> a guy trying to know, get into the. I don't know. We could tell those stories. You know, I mean, we. <laughs> I tried to pee in the same urinal as me, and he got mad when I told him to get away from me. Yeah. But stuff like that, like you and I, you know, uh, I, going to, I can remember dinners on the road. I can remember what oh, we yeah. do on the And that's the thing with, with Martin. I posted something on Facebook. You're not, you're not Top Gun, Tom. Just want Yeah, to you're not Top That's what somebody told you one night. Yeah. You're not Top Gun, um, whatever that means. Um, but there was a, uh, I posted something on Facebook. Of, I was trying to look for a photo. Uh, in my phone, of, if I, did I have any photos of me and Martin together? And I did. It was one. It was almost a selfie of me with Martin in the background. We were having dinner, and Eric Erlinson from the Tampa Tribune was there as well. This was 2015. Okay. During the Stanley Cup Eastern Conference Finals, the Lightning are playing the New York Rangers, and there was a day game. Oh, wow. And we went out to dinner that night. And, okay. um, and it was at a New York restaurant, and that was, that was my favorite photo anyway because that's what – Martin loved him more than anything else. Martin's big thing was, what are you? It wasn't like, what are you writing? What are you working on? It was where are we eating after the game. <laughs> where are we going? I want to. You want to get breakfast? I know a <laughs> late night it. breakfast place we could yeah, go. Yeah, and that's yeah. what Martin was all. And you would go and you would talk about anything. You at one moment might be talking about Obamacare. Mm-hmm. And literally five minutes later, he's asking you, okay, three worst seventy sitcoms go. And you and that would be your conversation for an hour, and you would laugh, 
And the thing that I said about Martin, he was at whatever table he was at, he was the funniest, the smartest, the wisest. But somehow he made you feel like you were the funniest guy or the smartest guy. Or the he could, because guy. he he was such a good audience. Yes. I mean, and he, he laughed generally at laughed at should, everything yeah. that you said. You know what I mean? And he and it was genuine. It was he was. That's just who he was. He was a very. I think that's what made him such a great writer, Rick. Is that he yeah. listened to he listened to people when he talked to them when he interviewed them, and that's what made him a great friend and a great conversationalist. Is he'd listen to other people as they were talking to him. Yeah, and he would play off of it. So he's going to be. He's missed. I, I traded. Um, Traded text with his son uh, on Monday, and oh, John okay. Romano wrote a really, I think, Wonderful. a really good column mm-hmm. in the Tampa Bay Times. It really captured him and talked to to his daughter and and um, some of his close friends. But yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be greatly missed. He was a the part in that the part in that column that struck me, and is so Martin. Uh, in addition to wearing shorts everywhere, yeah, was that um, he had a closet full of awards. He won them all the time. I mean, we uh, we were aware of it because somebody would say, sure. you know, you'd see the contest or whatever. And he had a closet full of awards, and they were just thrown in the closet. And his, his daughter didn't, didn't even know what all these things, that they existed. And then here are all these awards that he just, yeah, just tossed them aside. Like, I know they mattered to him, but they didn't matter to him, right? He like, was he, he was also, too, he, there, was a, there was a scattered... There was a scatterbrain sort of part of it. It was almost like a mad genius. I don't know if you got this call. I was talking with Mike Sherman, our former sports editor at the Times, and he was there when Martin was there. And I remember this, Rick. We used to fill out – we had to fill out predictions every week for the mm-hmm. NFL games. And, we, and yes. we were on a spreadsheet. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> yeah. And your name – I think I erased we, a few of your scores, yes. So I don't think you did. Martin erased everybody's scores <laughs> somehow. He didn't know how he did it. So every Friday night at about 7 o'clock, I'd get a phone call. And I'd look at my phone. It was from Mike Sherman. And I knew exactly what it was. And he would call up. He goes, all right – Navy Notre Dame, who did you pick? And I was like Notre Dame, and then he said, "Okay, and What's NFL." The score? So, and he would switch over to the NFL games, and it, that's what we, like every week Martin would somehow erase like four picks from everybody, and we had to go back in. So, I, and I, some weeks I would try to outweigh Martin. Like I'm going to so let you, him fill it out first, that's right? Yeah, and that way I only have to do it once, and no matter how long I waited, he still managed to go back in. I will say that for a lot of us, including him, technology was not his friend. He was so we were on the night of the national championship game between Clemson and Alabama that was at Raymond James Stadium oh, right. back down in to the wire 2016 or something. Like that. So we go there that night, and on that night, we used to write and we had different ways in which we wrote stories and would send them in. Well, that night, for the first time ever, Mike Sherman decides we're going to write in Google Docs, which is what everybody <laughs> I think writes in now, but we had never done that before. So I said, have you told Martin yet that this is what we're doing? He said, no, I'm going to tell him now. I go, I need to go to the bathroom. Let me go to the bathroom. And then I want to watch you tell him. And we, of course, went down there. And he, he tells him. And, of course, Martin's reaction is like, to now? Tonight's the night we're doing this? It was. But that's. And then he would, of course, write the better column than anybody had ever written. Oh, he could outwrite anyone. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, just. the I, And I don't. I'm not going to quote a lot of them, but I mean, I think John did a good job of capturing sort of what his style was. But one time, the uh, one of the many times the Bucks would get the hell beat out of him in Green Bay, <laughs> his lead was it was the best of times, it was the brought worst of times. <laughs> it's just a throwaway line. I just his, yeah, throw, I mean, his it. I think the hardest thing to do is to write funny. Yeah, and he could write funny. And yes, without you know, trying. I mean, it was effortless for him. And he was also one of those guys too. And I kind of, as a columnist, I I kind of liked working 
at the same place as him? Because there were sometimes you would get a call like, hey, there's a guy that's been to like 75 years worth of Gibbs high school basketball games. Like some, you know, it's like some. Yeah, you're like, come on, I don't like, care. I don't yeah. want to do that. Calm. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be touching and it'll be great. And Or some guy who's worked at a golf course for, you know, hasn't missed a day of work in 23 years. And he sets, yeah. he sets the greens. And I'm like, Ugh. Martin loved those columns, loved them, and yes. would go out and would write them 10 times better than I could ever write them. But I was always thankful that I just want to write about the Bucks. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, I'll go do the story on the backup, you know, uh, assistant yeah. coach of the, he was cleaning bathroom stalls. Like, he loved that stuff. So, yeah, bodyguards and, and, and various people like that. He caught, um, he bit in, he caught with the, he played catch with the dad from uh, Field of Dreams. And wrote a column about it. it was tremendous. Yeah, the tremendous. guy who couldn't throw a baseball? That's what I thought. But anyway, that's what It was a us. dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, Martin. We're still laughing. You're still making us laugh. We always will, and we'll always smile when we think about him. So um, just, uh, you know, really feel for his, his, his two children, of course, and all those that loved him. Um, all right, well, Tom, this has been uh, a hoot, as always, and they can read your, your column on uh, – Kelsey and, and Taylor Swift and how I got um, more coming on it. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, I got more to Taylor Swift. She's in Tokyo the night before the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. But because of the way uh, the earth works or an international dateline, she's, yeah, she's, so she's, she's doing a concert on Saturday night in, uh, in Tokyo. Tokyo and then she'll fly home right after the concert and get back Saturday night in San Francisco. It's unbelievable. It, it is the, she, she will break the time time continuum and what's <laughs> interesting right. about that is she'll be able to tell travis how they did because she has come from the future come for the future so she'll be able to say congratulations you what he's like well or i'm nervous as hell say, we haven't started the off. game yet yeah. no no you're yeah. fine this is gonna go great i already know i, I already know I've, I've been to the future we so. got we got to stop the cliches i've been guilty of it we got to stop to shake it off you know or, oh or, yeah it's because that's also gone out just like houston we have a problem like no more we're done with that yeah. one i don't know I mean, there's so many though. Like, there's so Some, many like, lyrics. Like, like winless in Seattle or yeah. scoreless in Seattle. We're if not you're doing a that real anymore. Swifty, though, you got there's an unlimited amount. I mean, ten albums. Look, I sat through that concert. I didn't sit. I stood through that concert. That's right. Stephen A. Smith did a thing on it. Said it was the most amazing thing. Three. And I've and never. Hours, I, it, and I don't care what, whether you like the music or you don't. You will marvel at the production and also the stamina of this entertainer. So apparently, nope. she like she does her. When she practices, she does. A, she's on a treadmill. She'll yes. go on a trip to get ready to prepare and sing her entire set. And when it's a quick song where she's dancing, really dancing hard, she'll like sprint on the treadmill yeah. and then walk the rest of the whatever for three and a half hours. But I, I thought like you have to be on steroids. Like I don't know how the how this woman was still standing at the end of the night because I couldn't, and she was running around dancing, doing all these things, climbing, uh, you know, scaffolding, and just like it. It, it is an incredible show. Um, which it's a massive production, obviously, and she's so made if that a note, Scantling drops a ball in the first quarter, we might see her suit up and play. Uh, she could get him out of here, buddy. She could. I don't know how her hands, but I mean, listen, she's not going to get tired. I can tell you that. So, and I love love. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm 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 wrapped in it. My, you know, he was mic'd up for uh, CBS or somebody or inside the NFL, and I mean, you know, who's not taken aback by this embrace that they have at the middle of the field and they don't care who's watching and it's just i don't know i'm a sap that way tom what can i tell you i think he i think he wins the super bowl wins the mvp and then retires 
and he goes off and just hangs out with Taylor Swift the rest of his life. Name a can you think of a better life than that? He's already won, hasn't he? Yeah, and he, I mean, well, really? he's going to be a super. He's going to be a TV superstar, a podcast. I mean, His he podcast could, is gaining like three hundred fifty thousand people. So I don't. Yeah. So somebody suggested with Jason, and I think this is a great idea after watching the Buffalo thing. We need a like an Anthony Bordeaux like type of st- of uh, show on CNN or something like that, Ooh. where he travels around the NFL, NFL stage, and tailgates and tailgates with. Ooh, uh, I like that. And talks about the you know, and you could sell a show on that. You could get. Although they said that he, he kind of was amped up and he took his shirt off because he didn't get to jump into a table, which is the whole Buffalo. Remember me and you walking yeah. through Buffalo into oh Rich Arena Stadium yes. and these guys are jumping on. But here's what here's the newest thing. I don't know if it's new, but here's the thing I absolutely don't get, and it, it's it's an abomination. It's horrifying, is they light these tables on fire and they it's, jump on them. They need to win a Super Bowl soon. Right? Like, they're losing their minds. <laughs> I mean, my God. Like, these dudes are getting third-degree burns, aren't they? Uh, you would think you can't. This isn't that guy from that commercial, you know that you know, uh, Mayhem Mr. Mayhem. Guy? Yeah, yeah. You know, like these are real people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's crazy. So I'm glad that Travis uh, Kel- or that Kelsey's brother Jason didn't she, didn't yeah. at least do that. But uh, so, yeah, it's nuts. All right, I Tommy, think those we'll- guys end up on a sitcom together. That's what I would do. That'd be fun. They would be. You know, neighbors or something, married not to funny, not funny. I'll tell you what will happen though. When when uh, and, and Jake, Jason's retiring, right? Is I think he's I supposed he's to. Announced. He's supposedly going to. So if he retires, so when Jason retires, and this happens to offensive linemen a lot, that man's going to lose fifty, sixty pounds. I know, right? That's and you won't be able to tell him and 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 uh, Travis apart because they look alike. Like if you've seen photos of them when they were growing up, mm-hmm. they're all they're really like their brothers, all right. Like they look strikingly alike. And so when Jason loses all this weight, everyone's going to go, you're Travis, right? No. Oh, Jason? <laughs> what? It's going to be like that. So anyway, pointer.org. Check it out. Tom Jones. Thanks for joining me, Tommy. All have right. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for listening. We'll have all the updates on TampaBay.com as far as the coordinator's uh, pursuit goes. And guess what? We liked it so much. We're going to do it twice. And Tom Jones will join us again tomorrow on the podcast. You can't wait. Wake the neighbors. Call the kids. All of that. Thanks for listening. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud, Tempe Times. Have a great day, everybody. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.